Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And we're back. I'm here with Ush, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR, now an emotional intelligence coach. Morning, Ush. Morning, Jackie. How are you? It feels so good to get back together in the morning early. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just to talk, it's so strange because we've been doing this so regularly for a while and then we've missed a month. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it's been good. It feels like we've just, yeah, not seen each other for months. Mm-hmm. It does feel like that. And it just shows, you know, how I, because I really missed our conversations. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, did. It is yeah. just the, um, yeah, it's just, and it's not that we spend that much time catching up when we do them, but it's just mm-hmm. that, I don't know, it's part of our routine, isn't it? That, yeah. that we do that and um, yeah, catch up on how our meditation's going as well. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we missed a month or so. A couple of things sort of all just happened at once and then I went away and and now we're sort of getting back into routine. (laughs) We say that and then it's Easter, right? But that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, and April's such a funny month because we've got so many short weeks. I know. Mm -hmm. And I still can't get over the fact that we're in April of 2022. (laughs) It's that feeling of like, what year are we in? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I yeah. actually wrote 2021 the other day. On a piece of yeah. I've been a bit worse. I've been writing 2012. <laughs> <laughs> that would like, be nice. Surely we're not halfway through or nearly halfway through this decade. I know. Exactly. Oh. Uh-huh. I know. Oh, gosh. And how mm. was the trip? Mm. Yeah, wonderful. So, yeah, two weeks. We'd taken our boat up at Christmas to the Gold Coast and left it up there. And then my husband had had two months long service. So he started long service at the start of February and brought the boat back down to Batemans Bay. And so I had the last two weeks of his two months off. So I went over there and we brought the boat all the way back home from Batemans Bay to Melbourne. So, yeah, just nice to be, you know, out on the ocean and see all the life and completely different shift in the brain. It's good. And the dogs were okay. I still found it so bizarre when you said the dogs were coming. (laughs) So the dogs came on our trip on the way up to the Gold Coast, but this time they went into kennels. So they were in kennels for two weeks. So they go to Pampered Pets, so they're happy. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah. My God, two weeks at sea, how beautiful. I saw the pictures, was like beautiful, looked amazing. Yeah, and to be honest, I haven't posted um, many pictures. We have a lot of video that we've still got to edit and put into like short little clips and things, so that's exciting. But, yeah, we went to a couple of my favourite places. Um, Refuge Cove is just the most beautiful place in the world. And, yeah, we spent a couple of nights there and we spent a night out on the shelf, 80 k's offshore. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. So, a bit of adventure. Good. Good. Mm. Good. Mm-hmm. I miss doing our um, listening to all of our guest interviews as well. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. starting or ending the week with... Um, listening to amazing women yeah so good to do that yesterday oh good and yeah having a deep conversation about something that's important yeah so Maria Tam she reached out to us via our website actually it's the first yeah first guest that has done it that way so she was just like wow I've you know your podcast is exactly what I want to be talking about um, so she's a business coach for misfits. So she basically allows or empowers nonconformists 
to embrace the magic of them and run their business or, you know, tailor their lifestyles to their authenticity. And so that's very much what we talked about. So, yeah, let's have a listen. Maria, good afternoon. Welcome to the IQ Meet DQ podcast. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here and I can't wait for our discussion today. Yeah, I'm also excited to jump into some of the meaty bits that we've spoken about prior to recording. But before we jump into that, as I said, I like to understand a bit of the story about who you are and how you got to where you are now. So when you were little, what did you want to be when you were growing up? It's actually between, it's a cross of like being a teacher or a nurse. I hated the concept of being a doctor. I know it's very strange. Like everybody, you know, many people would be like, I want to be a doctor. But for me, I never really wanted to be a doctor. I found them as a child being authoritative. And I hate having shots when I was little. And I, I, I was so known in the clinic to be the one shouting and screaming. Yeah. And one, one time my mother was telling me how six people had to hold me down to get my shot. Because I was really like, it's not, it's not for me. Like I hated that I was, I was now no more, but I was scared of injections. I was scared of all those things. And I remember, you know, the nurse was the one who was really, really making you feel okay with everything, making you feel safe. So it's really between nurse or teacher, like every, you know, when a kid, sometimes you're like, I want to be a teacher. The other time I want to be a nurse. And sometimes when you have a great teacher, you want to emulate what they're able to do for you, don't you? Mm. Exactly. I think we, as cliche as it sounds, people always remember how, uh, you know, we're made to feel. And that that high, that small high, that, that moment of being seen, being heard, being valued, we want to replicate that emotion and really give that to other people too. Yeah. Yeah, very true. So your journey to where you are now, uh, your last couple of years of school, and then what did you do in terms of tertiary and how has your career path looked? So do you mind if I kind of like go a little bit back? Because I did say that I've always wanted to be a teacher and a nurse. And like I shared with you in the beginning, I often find like who we wanted to be when we we're little is actually a part of our calling but then you know we have this impression like remember 20 years ago 30 years ago there was no such thing as coaching or consulting right or it was at the very very beginning right it was only very very few that could afford or could, that could even consider hiring such such a profession so um, I've been entrepreneurial my whole life I think it's just part of my blood so I've been in business since I was six. I was known in my neighborhood and in my school as Maria went to town because I loved this big bag of things, selling everything from stationery to confectionery goods. I was supplying our local grocers with, uh, you know, food that I imported. <laughs> then, you know, I was, and remember before compliance is not like today, right? Before it's so easy to just walk to the grocer and say, auntie, would you mind like, you know, uh, selling this stuff, or I'll ask my father to go with me, or something like that, right? So uh, I've always been entrepreneurial, right? And I've always been selling here and there. And in high school, my one of my old teachers asked me to tutor uh, a, a student in my school, but at a lower grade. And then uh, my friend started asking me for tutoring 
in math. You know, I was top of my class. So I did, and I started realizing that people would pay for service, you know, not just for products, because I came from a more traditional family that did business, the traditional way of products, you know, like selling goods. And I realized, oh, that can be a business too. So, you know, long story short, I got exposed to different kinds of consulting gigs. By the time I was 18, I was already doing international consulting for for market penetration and so on. And then in my mid-20s, I had this long wait list for consulting, but I was depressed. There was something missing in my life. It's like, you know, um, I think as a misfit or as a nonconformist from a young age, I've always been told that, you know, um, you should... You know, there's like a, an, an imaginary checklist that you have to follow. And growing up in the Philippines, that's a developing country back then, the, 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 the belief or the, the education that was given to us was, you know, West is better, imported is good, you know, all those things that are not necessary, that are limiting, right? So there's always that belief of, you know, you have to go somewhere to have a better career, better life. And I, I really didn't get it. Like, a, you know, like a part of you re- rejects that. And, and in my mid-20s, when there was really nothing else for me to prove, uh, you know, I defied the odds. I was young. I, you know, I'm a female. And I was already working with, you know, different kinds of people from all over the world consulting. There was something missing. Like, I just felt... There's something off. There's something off. There's something that I I really couldn't pinpoint. And then upon you know reflection, I almost committed suicide. I really almost ended my life. But there was a one moment when I heard a voice that said to me, "It it doesn't have to be this way. Like life doesn't have to be this way." Because I was talking to my mother and I was asking her, "What else could life offer me?" You know, I've I've been monetizing since I was young. I I could afford anything that I wanted. Like you know, very young, like pretty much really anything. I want five Cartiers, I can buy them very easily. There was really no limit to what I want. And then that, that voice just said, you know, there's something, you know, life doesn't need to be what you know. And from then I kind of like went into a self journey and really understanding what I wanted. And then I really realized, you know, the one thing that I'm really passionate about is being different and owning our difference. And I think if the world could just be more tolerant of difference, imagine how peaceful life is. You know, if we could just be okay not agreeing on the same thing, friendships won't turn sour, families won't turn against each other, you know, fortunes won't be destroyed because a company doesn't want to modernize or doesn't want to differentiate. And I just felt so, so much into, I've been a misfit my whole life. But the one thing that made me really own it from young is my ability to monetize. Because somehow, although I come from a very traditional Asian collective culture, somehow in my family, the love language was always money. And having the ability to have money kind of like ex- maybe to some of my relatives excused my quirkiness. Of course, they weren't really happy all the time, right? But I think it gave me the voice somehow. And I just thought, you know what? I'd help people like me, people who just wanted 
a different point of view shared or kind of like wanted to just be themselves but don't know how wanted to I don't know uh, be a not necessarily a big rebel in their industry but kind of like wanted to maybe be in the academic but do it differently be in science but do it differently you know be like, like me when I was growing up there was nobody like me that you could see on on tv that is famous apart from being a a comedian right <laughs> right so I wanted to have more kind of like more perspectives and then I started going into you know, learning how to coach online. And I've already had international clients before, but coaching is a different world. It's really B2C, whereas before it, I was more on the B2B, on the back end side, more on the, more on the kind of like think tank point of view. And since 2017, I've never looked back. And I just thought, you know, when I was five, I've always wanted to be a teacher or a nurse. And today with coaching, I am a teacher and a nurse. You know, I guide and I mentor, and yet I hold my my clients' hands. I, you know, I I'm there, I hold space for them, I help them feel secure and safe just being who they are. So wonderful way of bringing it all together. And it brings us to what we were talking about before we hit record about you calling yourself a misfit and really relating to people who don't conform and yet we have this word authenticity buzzing around because it really is a buzzword what does authenticity really mean do you think what's how do we define it so for me I think being different has different faces there's one part that's like you know you're different okay now for me authenticity is going beyond knowing that you're different but being at peace and owning your difference. I'll give an example. Being different is not just about changing the, the color of our hair. I think there's that belief that authenticity is, you know, not having makeup on and going on, you know, live videos, etc. But authenticity is really doing what feels aligned for you. So for me, for example, I like putting on makeup. I like getting dressed when I have interviews, when I go to have meals with my friends. But when I'm coaching, I don't like to have so much things on my face. And I don't like a lot of like background because I really want my client to focus on our work and not on me and not get distracted in the, the, the image. Or in the very morning when I go for a walk, I you know, sometimes I, I joke my, my friends that I look like, you know, I look like someone that had the, you know, the oldest clothes because that's, I, I don't really, I'm not sporty. So I don't like going to sports store to buy, you know, sports clothes. It's more of a big t-shirt and, the, and, you know, it's like night and day between me kind of like getting set, uh, get up and doing, you know, I, I, I socialize a lot and I do charity work a lot, doing that or attending gala and me just exercising with this very, you know, very loose t-shirt. But for me, both of that is me. That's who I am. And it's the same as, let's say for me, because I'm such a big, per big, big picture person, sometimes it's really hard for me to execute or to go into the nuances of things. And I, you know, sometimes it, it can paralyze me, it can cripple me. So what I did when I started this online um, coaching, I immediately hired a team. And even I wasn't sure where I'm going, but just having that, you know, that space to kind of like talk it out with my 
team, talk it out with someone. It helped me progress. So it's really, really not just knowing yourself. It's really accepting the pieces of you that makes you you, whether or not in your mind or in other people's minds, that's wrong or right. It's really you saying, yes, you know, I'm a big picture person. Sometimes I can be detail-oriented too. Sometimes I, it's easy for me to piece the puzzle together. But there are also some times that I really need help to talk it out or I need help or I need to give myself space. It, it's kind of like not being so stuck in the definition of how things should be and not being stuck in the definition of how things shouldn't be. For me, that is authenticity. Uh, it's funny because I actually listened to something on the way home last night, which is very similar to what you were just saying. And there's always these threads that seem to follow through in conversations that I'm having because I was listening to uh, what I was listening to last night talked about us being more than one person really like we've got so many different aspects of us and particularly women more so even because we've got different hormones every day whereas men have the same hormones every day you know we are different you know we cycle through our different identities fairly regularly and knowing that and being okay with not having to be a certain rigid way every single day and showing up a certain way. Because when I listen to people talk about authenticity and then also about leadership, on the one hand, they're saying show up authentically, show up and be vulnerable. And on the other hand, they're saying think about how you're showing up first yeah. and, and come to And be it. in control. Yeah. And also be in control, right? Mm. That's the... The term that's being thrown around, be in control, you need to show, you need to take, make people trust you. That's, the, that's actually it, right? At the end of the day, you have mm-hmm. to make people trust you. Mm-hmm. And for me, if you cannot trust yourself, mm-hmm. how can people trust you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that is the piece, isn't it? It is, you've got to know yourself and show yourself for people to even trust you because if you're presenting something that's not true, how are they going to trust you? But at the same time, if you're having a bad day, there needs to be a way that you can show up authentically without them flipping out and thinking there's something more wrong than, no, this is just this is just me on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I, can, I, I want to like, um, add to what you shared about there are many aspects of us. I want to introduce another word, which is facets. There are, I think, multiple facets of us. And, you know, uh, like, like me, for example, I'm, I've been a businesswoman since I was six. So I'm really sharp in business. But at the same time, I'm a people person. I like to socialize. So even my friends and like people that I've worked with, they really know me very well. In terms of business, I can be very direct and I don't, you know, I can be candid and that's me. But at the same time, I can also be very, very diplomatic to say what I mean. I have friends that are diplomats that would message me even until now. And if they have a bad day and they cannot articulate their thoughts, you know, and say, Maria, I need you to rephrase this statement for me very quickly, you know, you know, and, and to kind of like uh, say what I mean, but in a, in a diplomatic way. So I, I think like, I think it's, if, if we are just able to be honest with ourselves I think it makes things easier and if we are honest like for me in my team one thing that I 
I've said from the beginning, especially since we are an international team, um, is how direct I am. So I, from the beginning, I've always said, you know, if I don't like you or if I don't like what you did, you will, I will say it. So there's no need for you to second guess yourself. There's no need for you to overly prove yourself. If I'm not happy, you will know because there's no space for guessing game. It's I'm not happy with this. So I think with that, it makes things easier in conversation. And, you know, my team is more relaxed and also it allows for more honesty. And um, let's say even with uh, recently, it's just recently, I want to address this with my team this, this Saturday when we have our meeting. I noticed one thing because um, it's, I, I speak fast, I work fast, my mind processes things fast. And uh, I've noticed it with three different team members because we're in the middle, not in the middle, but in the last phases of migrating our whole platform, our entire platform, wrapping up one group program on top of, you know, onboarding new clients. And I noticed my, it, it started with my editor saying, okay, let me catch up. Let my brain catch up with what you're saying. Then later, my visuals person was saying, okay, you know, hold on. Uh, okay. I'm processing what you're saying. And then my operations manager was saying, okay, let me write it down. And then with those three like reactions, I just asked them, do I speak too fast? And they said, yes. I said, why don't you say that? Why don't you say, Maria, please slow down. Instead of all this, let me let my brain catch up. Because it, that would register to me as, oh, okay, you're, you just need to do your thing. And it's not, me being too fast. So I think that's that's the same as kind of like saying what we mean or really being, on, for me, uh, it starts with us. If we're honest with ourselves, if we're, if we're okay with our case and we make that request to someone, other people usually respect that. And I, I don't know about you, Jackie, but I can be very, very particular about my food, my seating, my everything with restaurants. And sometimes I go to a restaurant and they give me a table that I don't like. I, I have a particular like position that I want. And I would really say to the staff, especially if it's my first time in that restaurant, I'm very particular with my seat. Give me time. I want to choose the right table for me. And usually they would not say anything. They would not say, no, you cannot choose your table. They'd say, okay, but I do understand that meeting someone like me is not normal so I usually compensate with giving a bigger tip so you know just to say you know thank you for your patience but um but it, it, most of the time in my neighborhood especially the restaurants that I frequent they know that there's a specific table that I want there's a specific way I want my food to be served um you know all those it, it might I think what people hate is looking or seeming snobbish you know, but for me, it's not being a snob. It's just being me. And it's, there's always a way to say it politely and to make that request politely and still get what you want. Everything that you've said really is is just an example of, of something you said earlier, which is making sure you know yourself, you accept who you are, and then you come from that place. Because there's so many people who wouldn't, know themselves deep enough to go yes um this is how I like to communicate this is how I like to work this is what I need they don't know that they're still stuck in those shoulds but you you know and 
you know that you're extroverted and social and all those things. And I said to you earlier, you know, I tend to be more introverted. I'm very task-based. You know, for those people who've done a DISC profile, I'm very C, S, but then under pressure, I'm D. So I go extroverted, decision-making, very driven, very task-orientated as when I'm under pressure. So still just task-based, not really people-based. So again, when you start talking about marketing, as an example, showing up authentically to market as a task-based person, that is automatically something that I'm not comfortable with because I just want to do the doing. Um, And so if I was allowing myself to be authentic, I'd be like, no, that's not this is what I want to do, not that, but I know I have to do that. So it's, you know, it's this constant tension between knowing what I'm good at and who I am and knowing I have to do the opposite. So, okay, can we use your example? Do you mind? Please. Let's say you want to say something to a five-year-old child, okay? Would you change the way you say something to a five-year-old child than to someone who's an adult? Absolutely. Let's say, okay, I hope this is okay on your podcast. Let's say if someone asks you about sex or touching or something, right? Like the way you would explain something to the child would be very different to a teenager and would be very different to an adult, right? But the same topic, but you just tweak the language a little bit, but that's still you. And if a person like you, as you said, you're task orientated. So what was the task at hand? Well, then in that situation and that's the thing there's always so much work as a business owner that you can always find tasks that aren't marketing tasks yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but but what I, I'm saying is this if the task at hand in this example was to explain your thoughts on sex to a five-year-old child to a teenager to an adult then you will find a way to say it differently and I'm sure you've had clients I mean As a lawyer, I'm sure you've had different clients who could process information differently. So in marketing, I think it's better to step away from worrying too much on how you're perceived versus really understanding the specific segment of people that you're targeting for a specific service. So let's say, let's say you're, can you give me an example of your offer? Hmm. So you know, I do a lot of estate planning work. Um, And so how I'd talk to someone who was retiring would be very different than I'd talk to someone who had young children. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Then, Then if you are at the end of the day, you have two different segments of the same kind of like market, the same needs. So what So that's great. So you would tweak it if you know exactly the person you're talking to, right? But in marketing, sometimes we need to be more generalized, right? Especially if it's bigger or your your copy or your website needs to reflect that. So what I would encourage you is to think about between the two of them, exactly where are they now and where will they be after your service? So it can be something like where they are now is I know where my money is coming from. And where they will be later is I'm still confident that I know where my money is from, right? Where they are now can be, I know where my money is coming, but I'm not sure about the future. And then where they will be is I still know what, where, where my money is coming in, 
in the next 20 years, for example. So between those two points, I will then create the marketing based on that. Still with your words, maybe still in the very simple language that your audience can understand, regardless if they are retiring or regardless if they have kids, right? Because even if they're retiring, they will think about one thing, legacy, their future generation, their comfort, right? If, if they, even if they are single, they would think about maybe leaving something behind. And the same with people with kids. So it's still similar language, but I think the, the confusion becomes the, the jargon that you mix. So for me, I always see business as my six-year-old self. You know, I, I started business as, as six, right? So it was really simple of demand and supply. You know, it's more of what am I supplying the market and, and saying it in the simplest way possible because even with dealing with international clients, it's the same. Sometimes some clients don't speak English very well. So we have to make do with the simplest and the barest language that we can and still get to the point. So I think when we overcomplicate thinking, oh, but I'm an introvert, so how can I show up? I think you're thinking about showing up as an extrovert. So, so it's, it's the same as if you're an introvert and you have a meeting, a, client with, a meeting with a client, how do you show up? If you're an extrovert and you give a presentation, for example, how are you giving a presentation? So if you're an introvert or let's say an artist, you're an artist and you prefer to give a presentation with images instead of text, then do that. Let your visuals do the work. But if you are, let's say, someone that, that does better on audio or video, then create a video and make the presentation. So for me, it's really, again, it's really owning who you are. It's really accepting that the way you would show up is a certain way and not the way that other people do. So it still goes back to knowing yourself and really amplifying those pieces of you that comes easy to you. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you said, which again, just pull through this thread that it's really, it really is about knowing yourself because you're absolutely right. It, for some reason, as soon as you switch into marketing mode, I'm like, okay, I am worried about perception and I'm worried about not being who I'm, who I really am. But in mm. all other aspects, I'm pretty fine with that. I know who I am. I know how I have to be. And so it's bringing that and being able to not worry about perception and just do what I'm good at. Yes, um, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and saying it in the simplest way, kind of like being you, who you're good at, it's not overcomplicating it. Mm -hmm. I think the key is that part like, yeah. oh, but you know, what if I don't, uh, but will people pay for this? Doesn't it sound so easy? Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's now the, the, the hole that you dig yourself into. <laughs> it's a black, black hole, then, then there's no more going out. So, so at the end of the day, like, um, especially if you have the listeners here, some of you are come from a corporate background, right? One thing you have to really understand, especially in this market today in 2022, although coming up with an email or for a copy that's like bullet points, this is what you get. Storytelling sells better. So you just need to put some context and then put in your bullet points. Mm. Yeah, to grab attention because we've all got very little, haven't we? <laughs> yes, yes. Expe again, especially post-COVID. Yeah, yeah. And well, it's really good to break 
down authenticity from that buzzword and thinking that actually authenticity is just a way, another way of saying how you should be showing up. No, actually authenticity does take a fair bit more work and just going, okay, who am I? What am I good yes. at? All those sorts of things. And actually then bringing it and working out a way of bringing it. Mm, it's wonderful. What things do you do for yourself to check in or whether it's just now automatic for you as to whether you are being authentic or whether you've started having some shoulds put on you? Do you have some kind of thing that helps you check in with that um, or even just some, you know, daily rituals that you put around your day to make sure that you can show up authentically? So let's start with the word daily rituals, right? Although I'd love to say I have daily rituals, I can tell you I have daily rituals in certain periods of the year. <laughs> but not in all periods, but that's me. So I think the, the, the one thing that can, can be a very good mirror for me is when I start getting triggered. You know, when we get suddenly our reaction is illogical, like someone said something and you're feeling defensive. Someone said something, you're feeling insecure. Someone said something and you're worried about, you know, when there is that need for me to rush, yeah. when there is you're that need for me to here. force. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we know that, you know, like, it's kind of like, you don't know it's this, it's illogical for you to be rushing or there, there's that eagerness in you that wants to kind of like overly give, overly compensate when because it's easy for us to catch actually. Yeah. because that's not natural to our body. So if there's any tightness for me, physically, it's in my arms, it's in my, it's in my shoulder. I think if you observe yourself too, it's easy to know. So when, when I'm stressed like that, I would really think, okay, why am I stressed? Another thing for me is I get bloated. When I'm stressed, I'm bloated. I'm fat. Like you, you know, my, my face will look so different. So it can be, okay, do I lack sleep? Why, why do I lack sleep? You know, like I would ask myself, why do I lack sleep? What am I pushing that I don't need to push? Because, you know, we, we tend to have this, especially as a go-getter like me, someone who's very high in ambition. Um, I tend to be like, no, 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 I can do everything today. But, but you know, it's, it's impractical. There's really no today. You know, like we have to really plan for the future. So it, it's, it's, it's those moments when I get incessantly, I need to finish today. I need to finish today. I need to send this today. And, and then it, it, my body tightens, my emotions tighten, my mental space tightens. When those happen, that's the time, okay, stop. Let me take, I don't know, half day off for me. Or that's, that's really the best way because then I will really kind of like rethink about what am I trying to prove? I will go back to that. What am I trying to prove? What am I trying to prove? Because only when we, we want to prove something are we really not acting like us because then we try to put on a mask we try to put on a show again we're worried about other people's perception of us yeah exactly exactly mm-hmm. so it's it's that but in terms of like practical steps first you just for me I just disengage second I work uh very often with a kinesiologist so even even if I, I even if my 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 week is good sometimes I just check in just to be sure that there's nothing that I miss I'll just ask her. Sometimes I'd start the session with, okay, I just want a quick check of my energy. What do you get? What, what, you know, it's kind of like a second set of eyes. Um, so it's more of that. So I have a kinesiologist that I work with. I, I go for massage, massages twice a week. Sometimes I go for a walk, but it's more of 
do anything that makes you feel okay to take time for yourself. Yeah, they're wonderful things to do. And I love that, yeah, someone else can, as you said, have a second set of eyes to look in at uh, your energy because they're certainly going to pick up that tension if that's showing up. Mm. Exactly, yes. Maria, thank you so much for your time. I think it was wonderful to unpack those things and you do just make it sound so simple, really. Now, where can people find you if they want, if they feel like they're a misfit? Because (laughs) (laughs) that's what you're really great at coaching. Yes. So please go Mm -hmm. to www.maria-tan.com. But I do have something called Business Magic Checklist, especially these are for people who are starting or wanting to scale their businesses. And although there isn't a blueprint, there are key ingredients that we need in our businesses to build for the long term. So you can also find that in my in my homepage, www.maria-tan.com, or you can go directly to the link. So you put a forward slash business magic checklist. Wonderful. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for your time. Really Pleasure. rewarding. And I can't wait to jump in and unpack some of this stuff with Ush. So was it a good one to come back to and listen? Did you like Maria? It was. It was. And look, we've talked about authenticity a fair bit, haven't we? And, you know, listening to the different perspectives of of what that means for people. Mm -hmm. And I think it was nice just hearing from Maria about what it it meant for her, right? Mm. And she does around that space. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I thought that... Um, I agreed. I think it was great to get another perspective, but it had this whole through line of tolerance, perception, and not really self-love, but certainly self-acceptance and being clear about who you are, wasn't it? That was really like the overarching message. Nice. Mm. Yeah, no, it was good. And, you know, I, I always think about like authenticity and you know, the ability of like being yourself and and whatever that looks like and why Mm. we still, I think even in business now, whether it's you're an employee or you're running your own, there's still an element of people not being able to be authentic for Mm -hmm. fear of being judged. Mm, Absolutely. Um, and And it's not even the judgment, it's the perception of judgment that we're afraid of. It's so strange. Um, that we hold ourselves so back. But yeah, in business, it's certainly, um, you know, the areas of leadership and marketing, there's still so much buzz around how you should be in both of those spaces rather than, and I think all that messaging just creates more insecurity. Yeah. And then it's that case of like, what's normal and what's not normal, you know, and and who, who defines what normal leadership is. That's right. And I think, well, certainly we in the last few years, we've been in a diff, very different space with talking about what leadership, good leadership actually is. Um, and it's really refreshing, but also just reflecting on cultural norms as well, because, you know, Maria was talking about how the West was perceived and how, you know, nothing locally grown is any good, basically. And I think Australians have that a little bit as well. We look to Um, Europe and the States and we think you haven't made it unless you go over there or you're doing something working there or I mean everywhere has its own benefits so mm. yeah yeah I agree it does I I think the theme again still goes back to 
it, it's that fear, isn't it? There's a there's insecurity around what if I'm not the way I should be, <laughs> mm. or and how or how do you embrace the uniqueness, right? And feel comfortable and and have people that are accepting of that. Yeah, and isn't that one of the biggest fears of everyone that we are inadequate or that we are not right or there's something missing or broken yep yeah and I remember before though like I think just in leadership in general you know styles evolve we do evolve as leaders look at you how much you've changed haven't you allowing people the space to grow and change because I I quite often do that for others as well particularly people that I've grown up with you know you have your perception of them in your mind at a certain period of time and you don't even allow for them to change and let let alone I would hate for people not to think that I'm continuously stretching and seeking and trying to evolve so yeah yeah and then it goes back to what we talked about a couple of um months ago when you were recruiting that you want you know initially you want people that are like you you know and like you said in your disc profile you are definitely cs mm-hmm. very high cs like you said d when you have to be but not so much and mm. you're naturally going to be drawn to people that are cns mm. to to work with because it's comfortable for you and dealing with people that are high d or high i <laughs> it is going to make you uncomfortable a little bit it is mm. it's going to challenge you and you're automatically going to go well how do i how is my management or leadership style going to be affected now if I have a full-blown team of I's and D's? Mm. Mm. But also how emotionally taxing that's going to be for you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when I have to deal with someone who is an I, not so much a D because they're still fairly task-driven, but an I definitely is out of my comfort zone. But it's interesting as well talking then about, you know, diversity from that perspective because... Yes, the team very much is predominantly in that C category. Um, However, we're really diverse across other personality tests that we've done. And then also thinking about, because I had this conversation with someone who did some work with our team and she was like, uh, she worked with this company who had been really conscious of bringing in people from all sorts of genders, age groups and Um, cultural backgrounds and yet they all did this a couple of personality tests and their brains were all absolutely the same (laughs) yeah yeah so learning to value um, people coming from a different point of view brings you back to this tolerance and allowing people to be and know themselves and that's also what's really helped our team come closer together has been understanding that difference and respecting it Mm. yeah totally I think now I used to be that way that I thought you know what I want to work with people or um, have people in my business that are like me now I actually go purposely for the opposite Mm. so the two people that are in the team now are absolutely nothing like me they're not I's definitely not d's they're very much s's and c's and and they are like they are so different Mm -hmm. and you know probably five years ago if you had said to me they're the type of people that are going to help you and drive your business be like you must be joking but again it's our perception of what what is right and what is wrong and what we think we need Mm -hmm. Mm. absolutely uh yeah i it it's come back again to this tolerance piece and just 
you know, there's certain topics and things where people are so intolerant. You just question why it's got to that point sometimes. Like we just dehumanize the opposite opinion in some spaces, you know, and we're coming up to an election and that's going to be happening a lot, dehumanizing the other people. Mm. But it's because we're triggered, aren't we, by them? Yes. Yeah. There's a certain element of of why we do that is we are it's it's brought something up in us that we are uncomfortable to see or feel and ironically whenever that happens to me I actually think that that is a gift because it's actually you know shining a light on something that I go you know what I sort of need to like look at what this is coming up or what is coming up and why it's coming up and that person's been able to show me that um, I want to see it on my own. The gift is also in being mindful and self-aware enough to, but that's emotional intelligence, isn't it? To not actually see and observe what's going on for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, but look at it without it being, you know, confrontational or the, the lens of I'm right, they're wrong. Or even like you said, dehumanizing, but it's just going, why? Why has this come up? Like, what is it trying to teach me? So I think when you look at it from that perspective, you can't help but be grateful for that lesson. Yeah, if you want to change. (laughs) If you want to change, yeah. Or even if you don't want to change, because then if you're changing, it means that, you know, it's one's right, one's wrong. I think it's just the awareness Um, and and sort of sitting with that and going, I'm just going to think about it and I'm going to just look at why why it's occurred. I don't think it's about, oh, just because that person's brought something up in me, I'm going to have to change. No, no, I don't necessarily think it's um, then reflecting and changing your own behaviour, but it's certainly just having the recognition might change your reaction in a similar situation in the future because you've, yeah, put it in context or perspective. Mm. Mm. And then I was reading something actually yesterday about our Vedic meditation and it said Mm. that the more of this uncomfortableness we feel, it is actually just releasing stress that we've built up over time, as you know, but it's also then the awareness that when that sort of situation happens again, we will we will be able to deal with it differently and it won't have that same harshness of feeling that it caused the first few times. That's nice to hear because I think, well, I, you know, having this meditation practice will certainly help us do that better. I do think, though, that others who are not potentially practising or mindful feel it grab it, continue to make themselves feel it, cycle themselves through it and rub that emotion around and make themselves feel worse. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think you're right. It's that, you know, the the meditation practice that allows us to really, mm. you know, embrace that and know that, you know what, things are going to change next time you deal with the same situation. You're not going to feel the same way. Yeah, another concept actually I just came across and I'm surprised I haven't heard of it this way before, but thinking of your thoughts like a sushi train. Have you heard of that concept before? No, tell me. Yeah, so yeah, you know those sushi train restaurants where you sit there and your little food goes past and you pick out what you want? Yeah. So this concept is that the thoughts that pop up in your brain are also like just on the train going past and it's what you pick up and mould and eat and grab and and then, you know, the same disgusting meal keeps going past, the same horrible thought, and you just keep, keep picking up the same thought over and over again no matter how gross it is. 
um, or vice versa. You can do that with great thoughts too. But it was just such a great little concept. And that's something that I've shared with the team and we talk about um, in terms of you're eating the crappy food off the sushi train at the moment if they're spiralling in like, yeah. yeah. So I love that. But it's mm. it's such a visual when you say that, isn't it? Because you're right. When we look at the um, the thoughts and stuff that we feel, we are choosing them. Yeah. We are choosing to feel that way mm. at that moment in time because we have the we should have the awareness to go, you know what? Yeah, this is what I know is there on the train. And I'm just going to let it go because you are not your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and that's right. And you're going to let it just ride past. And, you know, and, and I think that's the other thing with meditation when we've been learning it is that it does teach you that it's okay to see your thoughts and just let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And in fact, that's the whole point, isn't it? Is to not cling on and actually believe what your thoughts are saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what, I think there's always these little techniques that, you know, we've learned and Mm. that just evolve us and Mm. goes back to tolerance, but also being reactive. And we've spoken about this a few times as well is it's training your mind not to be reactive to situations where you feel discomfort, because when you feel discomfort, if you don't have the tolerance, your initial reaction is to just react back. Yeah. In a way that is probably not kind or not nice but it's being able to stop and think and go, right, I'm going to just stop that monkey brain and that lizard brain and just activate the human brain and think about what do I want to do in this situation? And we don't do that often enough because we're so used to just doing things, getting things done, especially as business owners, right? That there's almost a feeling of guilt. So go, oh, I can actually pause and think about this for a while. Yeah. So refreshing to talk to you again. I've missed you. I know, me too. (laughs) Yeah, so Maria was great to bring up those things and she's obviously, she knows herself so well. Like I'm so impressed by how she knows her preferences and she's clear about who she is and, ah, so lovely. (laughs) It is nice. It Mm. is nice and just it's a different perspective, isn't it, for us to to have, yeah, listened to that interview and and connected with her in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. So now we're back in our routine. <laughs> we are. What do you got going on for the next fortnight? Um, so, well, I've got a couple of days off for Easter, which mm. is nice. Mm-hmm. And then on the business front, I'm going to be running actually a three-part webinar series, which is something I've never done. So I think I've always been so caught up in working and doing stuff for clients. So I thought, you know what, I'm actually for once just going to build this awesome three-part series and just open it up to the public. So by the time we do our next one, I'll be able to share that with everyone. So good. Are you doing those live or are you going to do them pre-recorded? No, I'm going to do them live, but then give people access to the pre-recording. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. It'll be good to find out all about that for next time. So I can come along particularly. <laughs> Yay, can't wait. It'd be amazing. Yeah. I know you haven't come to my any of my stuff, so that'd be great. Yeah, no, I've watched some of your YouTube videos, but no, I'd like to see something live. I'd like to see yeah. you performing. I know, so we'll do that. So that's the plan. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, so a couple of short weeks with Easter and Anzac Day and there's there's so much happening on the business front. It's, it's great, so much growth, a couple of new staff again, and in fact, a couple of mergers to come. So one's already announced. 
As in you merging with another company? Well, other companies merging with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, so a what lady is it? Can you share? What is uh, it? Yeah, the first is a lady who um, who's done a lot of conveyancing in the past and has run a conveyancing business. She was just sort of kicking off her conveyancing business again after a bit of a break. Um, and she'd started working part-time with me as well. And then I was just like, why don't we just do this together? Like bring your brand over, we'll run the two brands together in under one umbrella and we'll put all the property through that brand and we'll keep all the legal work through the other one. So, yeah. Wow, that's mm. exciting. It is exciting. So, yes, um, growth through others too is exciting and having, you know, more support and like a management team, it's... <laughs> going to be so refreshing it's good mm. Mm. that's amazing and are you taking time off uh yes absolutely um you mean over the long weekends yeah yeah, yeah. you're gonna actually do no work as in that type of time off yes <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I know what your time off is like read a million books do this do that <laughs> do a marketing strategy god knows what else you're going to end up doing on your day off uh, well, out of the four-day week, I might work one of those four days. I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true that you're going to have four off. Yeah. We're the same. I'm actually, I'm actually not working. I want to be doing a, um, um, an online learning course, actually, um, that's part of the meditation training, and it's like a 10-hour thing online. Yeah, great. So I'll just be doing that, which will be nice. That's not really work. That will just be like relaxing even like lazy mornings in bed and doing that for a few hours so that's the plan lovely yeah <laughs> learning's fun but as you know like a lot of these business things that you do fit in on the weekends you enjoy anyway so <laughs> exactly yeah addicted to business we wouldn't have any other way no, that's right all right well everyone we're back so we'd love to hear your comments feedback on maria as well would be wonderful jump into that conversation about authenticity and tolerance um, so we post it on our website, iqmeetseq.com.au, uh, LinkedIn. We put a post there. It's probably um, easier to communicate with us there. Otherwise, where can they reach out to you, Ush? Uh, ush at ushdunlick.com, please. Wonderful. And Jackie at legallywisewomen.com.au is the best one for me. So, um, again, so great to be back. So great to talk to you, mm. Ush. <laughs> and you. Mm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.